This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. Well, we've just been watching the latest Tory leadership debate. James, what was the tone of this debate? Had the candidates decided to be friends with one another? So, as well, at the beginning of the debate, Julie Atchingham, who was moderating it, said that she was going to try and encourage the candidates to debate each other rather than just make statements. But the candidates didn't need much encouraging to debate each other. There were a remarkable series of attacks on each other by the candidates. Liz Truss straight out of the gate attacking Rishi Sunak over the economy. There was then a round later on in the, in the show when they were allowed to ask questions to each other where Rishi Sunak asked Liz Truss which she regretted more being a Lib Dem or a Mena. Kemi Badenoch asked Rishi Sunak about Covid loan fraud. Tom Tugendhat said to Penny Mordaunt you want people to vote for you in this contest but you won't tell them what you're planning to do when you, you're not going to set out your plans until you've won essentially. It was a remarkably aggressive debate between the candidates. And I think partly that was a product of the fact there was no audience in the room for this debate. So in some ways, I think that while the audience does kind of often slightly calm things down or people realise that the audience are not enjoying the attacks, I think the attacks kept being ramped up because it was just the five of them plus Julie Etchingham in the studio. Katie, who do you think was the most aggressive of the evening? Well, Rishi Sunak received the most aggression, but he was pretty aggressive himself. So I think everyone got a fair bit of frustration out during that hour. I think Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak was where probably the most brutal exchanges were. You saw, I think, Liz Truss wanting to give Rishi Sunak a taste of his own medicine after he went for her on Friday on her tax cut, suggesting it was fairy tale that it wasn't sound economics. And when he started laying out his pitch, she responded by suggesting that he couldn't have a plan for growth as he claimed because he was raising taxes and this was a big issue and then that obviously led back to some toing and froing but then also Rishi Sunak then returned when it was the opportunity to ask one other candidate a question now Liz Truss asked Rishi Sunak about his policy on China which perhaps is a prelude to an attack we're going to get more of because in of itself it didn't feel as though it was a vicious question so I think that's watched this space that they think they have something on Rishi Sunak but Rishi Sunak's question to Liz Truss was effectively, what do you regret more, being a Lib Dem previously or backing Remain? And I think that, again, felt quite trying to say, say to people, you know, I am the true Brexiteer, even if this candidate looks as though they're uniting the right. And if we do end up with a Rishi Sunak-Liz Truss final two, I think tonight was a taste of how vicious that is going to get as a summer-long contest. In terms of the other candidates, I think Kemi Badenoch, partly because she is an insurgent, she's an outsider candidate in the sense that I think if you expect her to enter, let alone go this far, she was quite happy to tear chunks out of everyone. And I think probably the most painful one and the one that will make Labour the most happy was when she ultimately went for Rishi Sunak on the question of COVID fraud and the fact that money from the schemes had gone to the wrong places. Now, Labour have been pushing that line for, you know, months. Um, So I think it will be music to their ears that they now have, well, not currently a minister, but, you know, a Tory rising star going on the record and saying that Rishi Sunak is part responsible for that. James, Penny Mordaunt claimed in one of her answers that she was the only candidate, according to the polls, who could 
beat Keir Starmer. Now, the, the other candidates got very upset by this claim, and, and she was, in fact, answering a question from Tom Tugendhat on the detail of her policies. Is she starting to come undone a little in terms of the detail of her policies and her understanding of polls? I think Penny Morden has had a very tricky few days. She has definitely been on the defensive over self-ID and whether her statements on that. It's one of those things where everyone's recollection seems to vary, but but not that many people seem to agree with Penny Mordaunt. Where I thought she was effective tonight was at the end of a debate when she suggested that it had not been a particularly edifying evening. She said, you know, if you've got to the end of this evening, well done. I, I thought that was quite skillful because I think there will be a, there will have been some Tory MPs watching that who would have thought, oh my word, look at them all laying into each other to that extent and being worried about that. I think that the debate was, though, it was compressed into an hour and so much shorter than the Channel 4 one we saw on Friday. And I think that suited and the change in style suited Penny Morden. I think she, she enjoyed the fact that it was more direct, kind of you know, shoot back and not particularly long and detailed. I thought one other interesting subtext was that Kevin Badenoch again clashed with Tom Tugendhat on this question about Tom Tugendhat's criticism of the government, of all those who've served in government, saying that they couldn't provide a fresh start. And I think that shows that there is a tension there between those two as they fight for the fresh start, if you see what I mean. You know, the people who think that you need to turn the page vote. Because, you know, I think those two are now in quite a battle for that vote. Katie, let's talk a bit more about Kemi Badenoch and whether she enjoyed tonight's debate and how she used her position. I mean, she, she was in the middle of the, the panel. She had the closing statement. How did she do? So I think Kemi Badenoch has an advantage in this leadership contest whereby she is a fresher face. And I think she clearly is a good communicator and probably her biggest strength is her communication skills. So she hasn't had all the time to develop her policy positions, but her team have always felt she can get to the TV debates. That's when she'll have a big boost because it is playing to her strength. So tonight we saw more of that. I think that Kemi Badenoch will be fairly happy with that performance. But I think probably what hurts her is the fact that Liz Truss had a better performance than Friday night. Now, we yet to see any stat polling and maybe the public still haven't warmed to Liz Truss. But just from initial messages from MPs, some of whom are not supporting, some of whom are supporting Liz Truss, I think there was a real sense on Friday that it was lacklustre, she was unperforming and perhaps Kemi Badenoch could sweep up some of her supporters. I think the fact that she was more energetic, it felt more uh, Rishi Sunak versus Liz Truss frame. I think the biggest criticism of Kemi Badenoch's performance is it felt like a little bit she was on the sidelines. Now, you can say you're the change candidate but I think if it doesn't feel as though you're kind of wrestling in the main conversation to such a degree it does hurt against you when MPs are trying to work out who they want to get to the final two to stop a candidate which is what lots of MPs are doing in relation to Rishi Sunak. And James we've got the next round of voting tomorrow what were the pitches that each of the candidates uh, were trying to make to Conservative MPs ahead of that next round? So I think you saw Liz Truss trying to kind of do her unite the right thing, saying that, you know, when she was asked a question about why Brexiteers should trust her despite the fact she voted Remain, she again talked about the trade deals that she'd been involved in and the fact that she put her shoulder to the wheel on it. So I think that will be her big thing. And the big challenge for Liz Truss is there are 27 votes from Suella Braverman's supporters are up for grabs. And Liz Truss needs to get 
the vast majority of votes because she is 19 votes behind Penny Mordaunt at the moment. She needs to close that gap a bit. And she also needs to keep a comfortable gap from Kemi Badenoch because over the weekend, with some good membership polling for Kemi Badenoch, supporters of Kemi Badenoch have been saying, ah, oh, look, you know, MPs are going to come over to Kemi now. They're going to realise that the, it's a better bet for the right, in inverted commas, to back Kemi than to back Liz. So I think that, you know, that Liz Truss needs to get the, the majority, the, you know, the overwhelming majority of those 27 votes that are now going spare. I think Penny Morden was pitching herself as someone who'd won a Labour seat and as someone who therefore could, could kind of, you know, beat Labour nationally, could never be accused of being out of touch. I think Rishi Sunak was again trying to project himself as the person prepared to stand for traditional conservative economic values, talking about sound money and the like. And in, in some ways, you know, I think of the questions that were directed at him. Of the four other candidates, three of them decided to ask that question to him, which I think, A, you could say, oh, you know, he came under fire. But I think it also gave him more time to set out his stall and I think more time to show that he could, you know, look, I've, I've known him for many years. And I thought the thing tonight for him was that, you know, he showed that he could cope in a debate where, where he came under kind of under attack from the bulk of the other candidates. Katie, let's just uh, widen things out a little from the debate and on to what we've had in the Sunday newspapers and the Sunday interviews. What have been the big moments for you so far? So I think we are seeing the fight on the right in terms of who that candidate's going to be. And after Friday's television debate, I think a big push amongst Liz Truss's supporters to try to shore her up. And also, we've seen plenty of attacks on Penny Mordaunt. So we know there's lots of opposition to Rishi Sunak but I think effectively the camp who don't want Rishi anyone but Rishi and think he's probably going to reach the final two so instead of focusing their efforts on trying to make sure the person who faces Rishi Sunak in the final two is their preference and that means I think we're seeing lots of criticism of Penny Morden I think the fact that she was seen as a front runner at the end of last week means that those attacks have kept coming and it's actually worked against her I think probably with if she seemed to have less support I don't know if she would necessarily be you know the front page news that we've in terms of these attacks when it comes to her position on trans, which lots of people will say this is a side issue, this is not as important as cost of living, and that is Penny Morden's line. But I think the problem for her is it's becoming a question of honesty, which is has Penny Morden been loose with the truth when it comes to her what she said about her position on trans rights, on the maternity bills? Who had a brave man has accused Penny Morden of of being loose with the truth? Has she done that? Because ultimately, honesty is quite an important factor in this leadership contest, not because the public think politicians are honest. They tend to think the complete opposite. But ultimately, MPs think one of the big problems of Boris Johnson was by the end of it, there, there was a lack of honesty. There was a trust issue. So is that going to impact her? I do think watching tonight's debate, it could work two ways. So Liz Truss had a stronger performance. But effectively, it was vicious between Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. And there'll be some Tory MPs wondering if they really want to settle down for six weeks of painful blue and blue or if it's better to get a different candidate in and there might not be enough to to stop someone but I do think that's on the mind of some of the MPs I've spoken to so for all the vitriol we're seeing over the weekend there is a chance that it, it can damage the candidate but I, could, I think it can also lead MPs to start thinking how do we make this stop 
And then finally, the other thing that struck me, I think, most from that debate was there was a moment within all the blue and blue, there wasn't just the candidates on the stage who were on the receiving end. At one point, they were asked to raise their hand, which I think is a genius way of avoiding politicians' answers, which don't tell you uh, something clearly, if they would be willing to give Boris Johnson a job in their cabinet. Now, not a single hand was raised. But I did think watching that, if you're Liz Truss and you're running... Not as continuity Boris Johnson, but as a safe place for Boris Johnson's supporters to go. Nadine Doris is there. Jacob Rees-Mogg is there. What will they make of that? Maybe they're all at the point where he shouldn't you know, be back in cabinet. And there's a serious question about whether Boris Johnson would even want to be. But I think it was probably for trust the trickiest question compared to the other candidates. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening. 